You're listening to Malam Jumaat Podcast with Rizal. Hey, welcome, welcome. Yes, you're listening to Malam Jumaat Podcast and this is episode number 6. And on this episode, I would like to talk about something that we been using For a long time, it doesn't matter how many years, but in a day, which is social media and how it has affected and impacted our lives and how we choose to behave in the social media networking sites. So right now, I just want to talk about why social media has made people very antsy and anxious and much radicalized than normal when you when it's like, way years before and people just using it for fun right now we are very serious when using social media it has become something of like a competition between people using social media platforms doesn't matter if it's on facebook on twitter instagram snapchat or whatever so why do you think that people are becoming very very how do you say serious and they become very how do you say um Uh, what do you call that word again? Anxious and become very, how many say, radicalized on certain topics that is being said on the social networking site. Well, just because this is like a gamification of some sort that we can see that uh, social media rewards you from saying something that is outrageous and, you know, shock that has shock value that can garner retweets and likes. So they know this. It's They know this because when you say something that is outrageous, then you are being rewarded for people to retweet it, to like it, to engage on your tweets or your posts, and then you get more people following you or more people trying to you know, go against you. That's like, how do you say, you're being injected with that type of dopamine that people are really trying to, you know, make you feel more addicted to it. Get it? So that's social media addiction in a nutshell. So first of all, I found this uh, article in addictionresource.com. So they say that what is social media addiction? So there's a study saying that teenagers has caused disruptions in their physical and mental health, sleeping patterns, their weight, and their levels of exercise, and notably in their schoolwork. 40% of young adults and 20% of adults admit to using social media even while in the bathroom. So why is it that we can't seem to stay away from social media even for a few minutes? So they say that Research shows that social media is addictive. That shows that all the retweets and the Facebook likes have affected our brain's reward area. Like I said before this, the interaction, the engagement of the tweets and the posts on Facebook and Twitter, it's like a syringing dopamine straight into your system. So going for this like uh, medical term and everything, the mechanism of this addiction. So it says here that our reward area located in the mesencephalon, I hope it says that, mesencephalon, which is the midbrain, and its pathways affect our decisions and sensations. When we experience something rewarding or use an addictive substance, neurons in the principal dopamine-producing areas in the brain are activated. 
so causing dopamine levels to rise. Therefore, the brain receives a reward and associates the drug or activity with positive reinforcement. So for this reason, activities which increase dopamine levels are the basis of the mechanism of addiction. So too much of something good is actually bad for you. I think that's like a Spice Girls song. Too much of something is bad enough. Uh, so there's this uh, five signs that you should make you worry about your social media use. So number one is cooking to share on Instagram. I like this, uh, this, this paragraph. So when you make a beautiful salad for lunch, what is more important, eating the salad or sharing your photo on social media? So with the popularity on Instagram, the visual aspect of food has become much more important than the practical one. This has added oil to the flames of food waste. So we're losing the ability to properly plan meals and shop responsibly, which in turn results to in mass food waste. Yes, because there's this I always say the uh, food porn, uh, not real porn, but food porn where they take pictures of food on the table, but then they actually just, they just eat a little bit of it and then just, they, they don't finish the food. They just want to take the aesthetics of how the food is being presented in the plate, on the table, and then that's it. And then they put it on Instagram and then they get likes of it. And then people say, wow, looks nice. And then is it... But then they don't even finish eating the food. For real, I've seen this in front of my eyes when I go to restaurants. They just buy it and then they just eat. Like, okay, one, the chips, a bit of the, you know, the steak. And they just left it. They didn't finish it. Which is a waste of food. And I find that highly, highly dumb of you just to do that. Just for the click of likes in Instagram. So therefore, if you are spending for your time on everything you just share on Instagram or Twitter, it's time for you to just take back and really evaluate yourself. Are you doing that to eat? To, you know, get yourself your stomach full? Or are you just trying to get clicks of likes on Instagram? So, and then number two is sharing everything you do at time. Uh, you do have friends that you never seen, but you know what they're doing every minute of the day. If so, it is highly probable that you are someone's social media friend or stalker. So according to the author of The Distraction Addiction, Alex Sojung Kim Pang, uh, we are interested, he says that we, or she, he, we are interested in how much we have fun or what we do on social media rather than what we do in the physical world. Of course, we want to share incredible experiences like vacations and concerts with our friends, but with the distraction of a phone and trying to get the perfect snap, are we missing more than we gain? Are we just trying, why can't we just, you know, relax and just enjoy the view in front of us instead of just taking our phone and then just recording the view and then showing it to other people, which then can actually, uh, make a gateway for people to become jealous and envious of you and your vacations? Because you're thinking that if you show this to people, all of them will be like telling you that, oh, such a nice place, oh, where are you right now? But then deep down inside, they are envious because they might have a bad time or they might be, you know, swamped with work and then seeing you being happy and having a vacation, that, that could build up envy unnecessary envy and jealous of other people towards you. So I think for me, it's better to just, you know, enjoy the moment privately without the phone. And then that's it. Maybe take one or two pictures and then that's it. Saying that, okay, you're here. But then if it's excessive, you show it every 
single moment of your vacation or your life outside, it can just it can lead to something like that. And you are mostly trying to contribute to that type of people who are being envious towards you. And I think, yes, that is a bad thing. So, and then let's move on to number three, knowing everything about people you don't know very well. I'm much of a, I'm guilty of this. So that's self-explanatory. You know more than other people. So that's very bad. That's like stalking also. So um, you, you also disconnect people from the real life, like your family and real friends with people who you don't know, you never met in real life, but you are stalking them in social media so that's very unhealthy don't do that uh, being unhappy due to comparing yourself with social network personas like I said just right now about you showing stuff and here it says that one of the signs that social media dependence has reached dangerous dimensions in your life is the feeling of jealousy with the constant access to media we are now able to follow people on their tips, trips to exotic places festivals events the ability to pick and choose what we share has opened the floodgates to creating online personas so subconsciously we know that we only see a small fraction of reality online however we often choose to ignore that fact therefore if your friends celebrations gifts homes cars wives and even body measurements have begun to cause jealousy then your addiction has reached a serious high that is very, very dangerous indeed. And number five is being unhappy when you cannot reach your phone. So right now, so do you feel uncomfortable when you can't control Facebook while stop at the traffic lights or can't, you can't scroll through Twitter before you go to bed? So one study shows that Americans check their phones every 12 minutes while one in 10 checks them every four minutes. When unable to do so, they, begin, they will feel anxious. They will begin to feel anxiety. So this shows how dependent we are and how social media and technology addiction is a real issue. So I would like to add, uh, this is also this article from Psychology Today. Uh, back in This is back in 2013 when it's called a phantom pocket vibration. So what does it tell us about this obsession with technology? So have you had this experience? I would actually ask you. So if you keep your phone in your pocket and sometimes you feel like a vibration on your skin adjacent to your pocket, and you pull out your phone, assuming that you you're, you have a notification maybe from your Facebook or Twitter, and then sometimes you open it and then there's nothing. So that's what they call phantom vibration. So you put your phone in a purse or such, imagine that you heard it vibrating and even ringing, only to discover it was just a false alarm. So according to this, Mike, Dr. Michelle Druin, a professor at Indiana University, Purdue University in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So 89% of the undergraduates in her study had experienced these phantom vibrations about every two weeks on the average, although only one in 11 classified them as bothersome. Those who reacted more emotionally to text messages were more dependent on text messaging, were more bothered by them. So if they were not bothersome, why would anyone worry about them? So the issue is not whether we are consciously bothered by a phantom vibration, but rather I believe our brains are unconsciously bothered. So they said that uh, 
but do read a lot of neuroscience research and strikes me in much that appears it to be happening in our outward behavior can be traced to neurotransmitters in our brain. For example, for decades now, psychiatrists have been prescribing a class of psychotropic medications called SSRIs or selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors whose sole purpose is to maintain a high level of a neurotransmitter called serotonin in the brain with the result hopefully being increased to positive effect or perhaps reduce feelings of depression. Whether you agree with the actual impact of SSRIs is irrelevant just the fact that psychiatrists prescribe them to manipulate the amount of neurotransmitters mean that they are part of paradigm that deals with brain chemistry. So there's a lot of things that's saying that right here, uh, because there's right now it's called the phantom vibration uh, syndrome. Is it phantom vibration syndrome? Before that, it was the in the nineties. It's called the pager vibration syndrome. Before there were phones, they were using pagers. Those pagers will vibrate, but then people will think that it will vibrate, but it doesn't. So it has evolved from the pagers to a mobile phone a pocket vibration syndrome, which is also very unhappy, unhealthy. And it shows also a social media addiction for us when we think that there's there must be someone, uh, there must be someone who's engaging with my tweets. There must be someone who is uh, commenting on my Facebook post or my Instagram uh, picture. There must be someone. So you want that constant engagement, seeing that people want to talk to you online or people who wants to engage with you or DM you something online or maybe on Twitter or Messenger on Facebook. So that's where social media addiction is already at its peak, which is the phantom pocket vibration syndrome. So right now, like I said, why do you think, uh, why do you think that social media addiction is a problem and how, how is it radicalizing people? Because you know why? Social media does not reward people with moderate views on some topics because moderate views are being drowned out by the extremes of either from the left or from the right. Like I said in the beginning, people with hot takes, people who are trying to say the extreme with, for the reasons of shock value, that people, because of that, then people will get more retweets and more likes. So... Because of that, when people see that pattern, more and more people would rather go that way. Either they're more extreme to the left side or maybe extreme to the right, or they want to become trolls and just shit on both sides. It rewards them. People will think, haha, this is a troll and this people is an more extreme because they are trying to own the libs or they're trying to own the cons. So that is being rewarded without any reper- without the, knowing the repercussions of it so the more that so it becomes it builds the persona of people on social media to become mean people to become trolls online so that's why more and more people are becoming trolls more and more people are being mean so they are trying to quote retweet some tweets of uh, some person and then they just giving a snarky remark and they be- they get retweets and likes and then from there, when they get those type of retweets and likes, and then when they have um, more people following them, and then right below that tweet that they just had that lots of retweets and likes, they will try to promote something. There's a lot of things happening. They try to promote their SoundCloud account or trying to promote their business. So somehow that's their goal of it. But then how they achieve that goal is doing something mean to other people. Because... No way when you see there are lots of things when people see 
that are getting more likes because of good things is way less than me than people who are getting more likes and saying mean things and bad things of other people seriously and here are the reasons why like i said addiction becomes radicalization of people users on social media especially on twitter when you see donald trump's replies a uh, donald trump's tweets under under the replies people know that they will see the re- comments down there so they will reply something very bad or something like a gotcha or a hot take about donald trump under there and they will get retweets and likes and more uh replies on their replies of the tweet that donald trump has tweeted so that will try they they will try to gain followers from that from them from the tweet of the president of the united states I see that trend a lot, like the Krasenstein brothers, uh, William Legate. I remember. Now they're like already uh, ba- being banned. I think the Krasenstein brothers because of uh, buying bots for the retweets and their likes serves them right. So that's why t- social media in Facebook or on Twitter, they do- people don't know this, but they are rewarding uh, people who are who have more of an extreme point of view rather than this moderate normal views because who cares about being normal right instead of being ordinary why not be extraordinary right so right now uh i think but then uh social media sites caught wind of this like the gamification of people with more retweets and likes they need more validation and then they will do something more even bad even saying like extreme stuff like very very vile stuff online which contributes to hate speech but i'm but then hate speech free speech and hate speech are the same man doesn't matter as long as you don't incite any physical violence or trying to uh, threaten someone's life in real life you can say hateful stuff i don't care as long as you don't threaten my life in real life i don't care doesn't matter but they're trying to like remove the counts of retweets and likes on twitter and also on instagram i think there's some uh users that instagram is trying to use uh, selected users to reduce uh, no not to reduce to eliminate the number of likes seen by the by the other users so that they don't feel how do you say they don't feel lack of uh importance So when they see some people are getting like thousands of likes saying stupid or normal stuff and then they they can make other people envious and jealous and saying that my god this this person like retweet retweeted something that is so normy so normal just saying this stuff and then getting thousands of likes so because they're trying to combat that so they're trying to like eliminate the counts of the right retweets and counts of the likes but they haven't done it you know why because if they've done that then more people will go out they will leave social media because then where's the validation of putting up a tweet and not knowing how many retweets or likes that you're getting right where's the dopamine hit on that so if they if they're really being like a genius businessman as they are they could they just 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 you know leave it as it is let people know how many retweets and likes that they have and let the users become addicted to their platform 
and people don't see it yet, or maybe they do. I think many of us who have been using social media for years knows this, the reward system of saying something bad or saying something stupid and people will engage with your tweets. But then either you get positive or negative reinforcements out of it, that's different. More people will know who you are, either famous or infamous. Saying stupid things will be make you infamous and get a bad reputation if you say something that is good. But then mostly, uh, like I said originally, uh, how many minutes ago, people don't care if you say something that is good. When people say something of a snarky remark or trying to like one-up someone or trying to say mean things about someone, especially quote retweets. Okay, I'll divert a bit first a tangent about quote retweets. I have never been a fan of quote retweets except for if I try to say something nice about something. If people are, use, are abusing quote retweets because when they quote retweet something, it's like an invitation of that person's followers to dogpile, to ratio that tweet, to ratio that person so it will become more people bashing that person, which I think is very bad. It becomes... It, 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 it has that uh, negative connotation, negative reinforcements of someone telling other people, hey, there's this stupid tweet. Come on, let's dogpile this person. Let's make sure this person regrets tweeting that. So for me, I don't see that quote retweet has be- has given something that is good or anything positive out of it. Doesn't matter what, even though there is something positive when people quote retweet something. But I think quote retweet has given more negative feedback than positive so that's my opinion on it so i don't know if you have if you have something different of a different uh opinion about quote retweets on twitter comment down below so let's move on like i said so this addiction it messes up people's psyche psyche you know they become more depressed they see that they're not being good enough for other people if they cannot capture other people's attention with their tweets because maybe they, they're not having that attention from the real world, from their parents or from their friends. So they, de- they need that validation online. And even on online, they don't get that uh, attention that they need. So it messes up. They become more depressed. And, even, and then if they don't get attention and somehow they got a negative attention for a tweet that he or she said that was bad of a bad take of a topic... That will double down their depression or their their sadness on social media, which which can lead to a uh, suicide. I think there's this one case on Sarawak, Kuching, where this uh this kid, sixteen years old, I guess, who posted like a um, what do you call a poll that putting the L and D that this this kid has a mental illness problem for sure. Put L and D. We don't know what the hell is an L and D. And people were like, maybe her name is Davia, so D. So people were like pushing D and everything. So D has more percentage, more than L. And then she took that seriously and then committed suicide from jumping from, from, the, from her house, which is an apartment, down, out. She passed away. Just because people voted D more than L. We didn't know that L means live, D means die. How would we know that? So this is how how worse social media has impacted our lives 
that it dictates our life and death from a poll on Instagram. This is crazy. This is madness. If people don't see how crazy and mad social media has taken over our lives, then you're just being ignorant. You're just you're just trying to shut both eyes and just you know not caring about the welfare of yourself and other people in the world that could affect you also. Seriously, what if something that you say online will go to the real world and then they just somehow try to attack you physically in real life or try to kill you in real life because something you said on in online? That's that's scary. That's a scary thing to imagine, right? What if it really happens? then you shouldn't become ignorant about these problems that, is, that we are facing right now in the digital era. So yes, so like I want to say, social media stimulates the reward pathway in the brain. Remember this, which is believed to be the basis of addiction. So the more people engage on your stuff, the more people will, the more uh, hits of dopamine in your brain that you will take. And you will become more addicted to something. This is way worse than drugs. At least drugs, you are only destroying yourself. But social media, it's interconnected with your, with your friends, with your users, with your followers. And it becomes very, very bad. So these platforms know the, this problem. But then do they care? No. They're like the ones who are just, uh, just giving you these drugs. They are happy to give you this trust because you know why? You'll be coming back for more. They know about the gamification of the retweets and the likes on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram, on Reddit, the upvotes. So they want the users to be hooked on you. The more people use it, the more revenue that they get. When they put their ads on social media, on their social media sites, people will click and they will get more money. Now tell me, they said that they want to uh, eliminate the number counts of retweets and likes on Twitter and on Instagram. Will they do it? I don't think so. Why would they take out something of the, of the addictive aspects of their social media networking sites and then just sacrifice it? And people, will, where will people get that validation that they are being famous online? So if that's being taken out of the equation more and more people will try to deactivate their accounts. More and more people will try to find an alternative accounts, which has the gamification aspect of trying to collect more retweets and likes for every post that they upload. Get it? So right now, they're trying to manipulate you with all this stuff. You know some people with normal as normal views become they become very very radicalized especially from journalists journalists in the west with you know more people like from the left like from buzzfeed like from vox and salon they're trying to post this rage bait articles and then when they post it on their social media network accounts and then more people will become more outraged by that headline and then they will click it and when they click it and they read it, they become more outraged. They will share it and show their disdain of what the article is trying to convey. See, more clicks, more revenue. 
So they they know this formula of trying to abuse of this abuse of you know the manipulation of people being an outrage a mob on Twitter, on Facebook, and then they're trying to gain that clicks from you. Like I said, I think that people don't know that we are become digital zombies. Uh, this is my this is my uh, opinion. We are digital zombies. When we see like um, normal human being, like zombies, when they see normal human beings who are not infected, they will chase that person. They will try to catch it and they try to eat them or try to infect them so they become one of us, one of them, the zombies. The digital zombies here like on Twitter or on Facebook, either we try to crush them out, we try to ban them, we try to get them to run away from social media, we report their, their accounts, or we just beat them up until they will follow our, uh, how do you say, the majority of how people think. Either one. But then most of the people don't change their opinions and thoughts and beliefs. More of them actually just, you know, run away. They just try to ban them or they just try to deactivate their accounts because of getting too much heat, too much hate from social media accounts, especially on Twitter. So, yeah, that's how I think social media has affected us negatively in this day and age. And I don't know. I don't know how to uh, change this problem that we're facing through or how to make it better. There's like this called a social etiquette on trying to communicate or trying to engage people on social media sites. But I don't think that's going to work because there's no, how do you say, punishment for being a troll. There is punishment for inciting violence or trying to make a, something a violent statement or trying to incite riots or trying to Im- breach the peace of some uh, country or a place. Yes, that's it. I know we have our act, the MCM, uh, the Communications Act here in Malaysia. But then being a troll, try to, annoying, try to annoy people, that's not a crime. That's not a crime. But then, but then we do have, we are having a crime of trying to, you know, being violent online or trying to uh, physically threaten someone's life online. Yes, that's violent. But then when you're trying to be an annoying troll online, that's not that's not something that we can stop them. So being a radical douchebag with extreme views on social media is actually being uh, rewarded. Of course, we can say, just ignore that person. You're ignoring that person, but there are hundreds of thousands of other per- people that are in the social media network sites are listening to him or her and then agreeing to that point of view. And then they are, use- they are being, they are being um, lauded. They are being, uh, how do you say, praised for what they're saying. But the thing is, who are the arbiters of what is extreme and what is not extreme. So that is one problem that I can say. For me, I think that there's even though they are being radicalized of what and such degree of whatever, I don't know. But then the thing is, we should combat them with 
our speech. Show them it's a bad idea and how is it a bad idea and then we give them facts and proofs of why is it that they're saying is bad. But then some people are just doing for the sake of trying to get clicks and trying to get uh, views and engagements and followers. Uh, that's that is a lost cause. There's a difference become someone who's trying to troll to become popular and who really really has an extreme, uh, extreme views on the world on other topics. So yes, I think that is all for this episode. Uh, give your thoughts about social media addiction and the gamification and the manipulation of social media big tech giants who are using you to get clicks and revenues. So, yep. So, you can also follow me on Twitter at Lord Rizal and not being a douchebag or a troll so we can just have fun and talk without being addicted to this godforsaken <laughs> social media site which is Twitter. Uh, Instagram. Well, thank God I'm not addicted to Instagram because I don't know what to upload pictures there or maybe some stories. And um, YouTube, you can just uh, follow me on YouTube, subscribe to my channel. And you know why? There's addiction part on YouTube and also on iPhone, on iTunes where you have to um, get good ratings and also uh, reviews and five-star ratings. Because if you get a lot of that, that means your podcast will be bumped to recommendation. So that one is mostly one of the ways to get you addicted to the numbers, to the numbers of reviews. But then for me, doesn't matter though. If you want to give reviews, good reviews, you want to give five-star reviews, and you want to uh, you get five-star five ratings and good reviews, please do. Uh, you can just share it also. But then I'm really not that much of an addicted person that wants to catch the number of views and listeners. I think I already said back on episode 5 where I just don't care anymore. I'm doing this because I want to. I want just to share. If you want to listen to this episode and then share it to people I think it's good, go ahead. But at least I know I'm not using my podcast to use to say some extreme views just for the heck of it, just for the like of it likes and retweets of it. I'm just here trying to tell what I have in my chest, in my head, share it with you, and that's it. I don't want to make people think of me as someone who's trying to chase clout. No, but I do really want people to listen to what I have. I don't want to become this doomsayer saying that social media is going to be like 1984 where people it has become a machine of propaganda and everything. Of Well, of course, I can be like that. And I do uh, believe that it is a propaganda machine, mainstream media and also social media sites. But we can combat that. We can try to control ourselves from using social media. Try to do what uh, Dave Rubin did. Uh, he went off the grid for one month and doesn't open any social media sites, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just live his life for one month and then you come back and see that are you really addicted to it or not? I don't know. I can say that I'm also addicted to social media because I really want to know what's happening. But try to, you know, if you can do it, if you can go one week without social media 
and then go to two weeks and then go to try to go through it um, rarely to social media and not look at all the petty petty stuff that is happening on social media that people are trying to gain traction and likes just for the heck of it so yeah um oh this was supposed to be the end of the episode and it just continued it uh, so okay uh yeah twitter uh twitter instagram uh youtube please subscribe give a good rating and also review on itunes it will be up on anchor fm then it will be up on other subsequent uploads prior to the uh uploaded uploaded episodes of in anchor fm meaning if i upload it on anchor fm it will be up on spotify pocket cast itunes uh stitcher i guess stitcher is in it yeah so there'll be six places six uh platforms and including anchor fm that will be up in audio form if you want to see this on youtube yes you can go on youtube and do follow me on other social media sites which is an alternative media sites where i do post some stuff uh rarely but then hey it's not twitter and there's no censorship there you can go to gab uh www.gab.com slash lord rizal and minds.com slash lord rizal and bitshoot I don't, but I think Bitshoot is just an, um, how do you say, Bitshoot is just like an emergency backup if YouTube becomes, uh, suddenly becomes a douchebag and try to delete my account or something. So yeah, that's all for ep- this for this episode. See you on the next episode of Malam Jumaat Podcast. And to Miss Amni, take it to the outro. And goodbye everyone. Thank you for listening to Malam Jumaat Podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? Give it a like and click the subscribe button to support this channel. Don't forget to click the bell to allow notification so you'll never miss a new episode. See you on the next episode of Malam Jumaat Podcast. Goodbye.